You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. And so as we continue to seek to worship in that spirit of hope, and thanks to the Wheeler family for guiding us into this worship moment, I want to invite you to hear the scripture that's going to be read. It comes from the first chapter of John. It's at the very end. Now, there are three sections of the first chapter of John. The first is the section that talks about Jesus Christ as the Word with God and Jesus as the light of the world. And then there's a center section where we get introduced to John the Baptist and his role in preparing the way for Christ to start his ministry. But here in this section, the very end of the first chapter, we hear Jesus calling his first disciples, creating that community that would walk with him and would become the witnesses to the ministry of Jesus Christ in the years to come. It's an important moment. I invite you now as you listen to this scripture being read, as you receive it, we thank Sharon for coming and, and uh, bringing the reading of this scripture to you from John chapter 1, beginning at verse 43. A reading from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, the son of Joseph of Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sharon Thoreau, for bringing us that scripture today. Would you join with me in a moment of prayer? Gracious and loving God, we offer this reflection to you. We offer our hearts and our minds and ask that you will help us to focus, to hear the Word amidst all of the things that may be going on around us. Uh, let your word overpower the distractions and speak to us through them, perhaps, that we might receive your message for us today. Take my efforts and all of our efforts in this moment and make of them more than what we can do on our own. All of this to your glory. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Back in 1976, yes, that long ago, I had the privilege of taking the first international study abroad for a semester at Adrian College. The long story is, is that I spent the first semester of my junior year 
studying in India. Now I was studying the rise of Indian nationalism against the British Raj. I was also doing a cultural comparison study of, of the Methodist Church in American culture contrasted with the Methodist Church of South Asia in Hindu culture. That was the reason I was there. Those were the papers that I produced. But of course, my learning far extended beyond the writing of papers or historical research or cultural comparison. It was the experience of being in India. And I want to tell you right now, I loved my experience. I loved India. I loved everything about it. I was young. I was traveling across North Central India on third rail, uh, third class rail cars uh, by myself um, at that age of my life. I was uh, just barely 20, 21 years of age during that time. And uh, probably naive enough and innocent enough to not understand that perhaps that was more risky than I thought. But truth is, I felt safe the entire time. I, I felt cared for by the people who were with me. And one part of the trip that I had was, and privilege that I had, was to go up to Dehradun, which is in very north central section, uh, not far uh, from uh, Nepal. And as I'm up there, I'm in Dehradun, where I then took a uh, a bus that took me up to Missouri. Now, Missouri is location of Woodstock School. Woodstock School is a missionary school founded in the 1800s, where um, for, for that long a period of time, uh, British and uh, other Anglos, were, and that now uh, many, many uh, Indians, send their children to this boarding school. And I went there to sort of learn that part of the culture, that part of the church's story. And while I was there, I was greeted by faculty and by students who could not have been more hospitable. And one evening, one of the students came to me and said, how about tomorrow morning we get up, climb up over the mountain and see the sunrise? Well, I want you to take a look at this picture. This is a picture of Dara Dune, actually Missouri, where the Woodstock School is. This is Woodstock School, and you can see that the land is extremely hilly. And so when he said to go up over the hill behind the school, it was not a small invitation. But he said, you need to come. You need to come and see what's on the other side tomorrow morning. So the next morning, we got up very early. And we started hiking. And we climbed and we climbed and we climbed and we climbed in the dark. And that was pre-dawn moments. We got over the top of the ridge, found a place to sit on the other side, had a breakfast and waited in the dark. And on that morning, because I had accepted his invitation to come and see, this is what I saw. The brilliance of the sunrise is impossible for me to tell you in words. The flowers that were still blooming and woke up to see the sun as it began to chase the dark away. The ability to sit there and see for the first time into China and the Himalaya mountains off in the distance. 
to sit there in the stillness of that moment put me in a place where there is no way I would ever find the words to describe someone accurately the beauty, the emotions, and the experience that I was having on that moment. There are moments in our life where we find ourselves in a place where what we're experiencing is beyond what we can describe. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to say to somebody, you need to come see this. You can't just know about it by my telling you. You have to see it to fully get it. Here at the end of the Gospels, the, first, the Gospel of John's first chapter, we see Jesus beginning to call his disciples, and it's a rather interesting flow that occurs, right? So first you have John the Baptist's disciples who are beginning to notice Jesus because John has pointed him out, and they're beginning to ask questions about this Jesus. And so Andrew, who is a disciple of John the Baptist, asks of Jesus some questions, and Jesus invites him to come along and see what he's about, see what he's doing. Andrew is motivated to go tell his brother, Simon Peter, and they both follow along to see more about this Jesus. And then Jesus finds Philip, whom he invites. He says, come follow me. He says, Philip, just come follow me. He doesn't give a lot of definition or reason or, or uh, uh, calling Philip to come to some sort of stance or, or believe certain things. He says, come follow me. And so Philip follows. And in following, is motivated then to go find his brother Nathaniel. Now, all of the boys that we've talked about so far are from Cana. That's their home area. That's their turf. Now, Nathaniel hears that they're going to go follow this Jesus guy, and he's from Nazareth, and there's sort of a rivalry between Cana and Nazareth. It's sort of like those who wear green and white say, what good can come out of Ann Arbor? And those who are blue and maize wonder if there's anything of value in East Lansing. You understand. Well, here, Nathaniel says, what good can come out of Nazareth? And his brother says, you got to come and see. And so they all begin to follow Jesus. And Jesus invites them to go with him on a journey. There isn't in the Gospel of John in that moment any long sermon or, or try to rally the team and to say, here's why you need to follow me. Here's what we're going to do. He just says, come see. Come follow me. We're going to go for a walk, a rather significant, long walk. And that invitation to come and see made all the difference for their lives. In the going and walking with Jesus is where they found their faith. It wasn't that they found their faith first and said, okay, now we're real clear. Now we get it. Now we're ready to follow you. And they followed Jesus. It's rather they went with him to figure it out. And along the journey, figured things out, had things revealed to them, and had experiences that are almost impossible to describe by word. You have to experience them. It's like any other of those moments of our life, mine sitting on the foothills watching the sunrise come up over the Himalayas. Others, I know you've experienced too. You've got to come see how big the fish are here that we're catching. Uh, you need to come 
and see your new granddaughter. You can't just hear the description or see a picture and embrace it all. You need to come and experience what I'm trying to say to you. Come and see. It's the most powerful invitation we can ever give someone. To come and see has the capacity to change someone's life, to add to their journey a memory and a moment that they will never forget, and that may in fact change the trajectory of where they go from that moment. To come and see is Jesus' invitation to his disciples and to us. Faith is never found simply in study. Faith is never found simply in learning dogma. Faith is never learned simply by taking the word of other people and going, yeah, I think that's probably true. There's a part of it which we need to experience Jesus. That doesn't mean study isn't important. Of course it is. I believe strongly in it. That's why I want you in the study of John, because that study and that learning is critical. It's why I want you to also be able to talk to each other about your experience of Jesus Christ and share them with others. All of those are important. But all of those become come and see invitations to draw you into a relationship with Jesus Christ, to walk with Christ as you go along. We believe strongly here in this church that we are called to come and see Jesus, to experience him in relationship. We are called to vitally connect people to people because we really do believe in that connection we are inviting each of us to come and see what Christ would do individually and corporately with us. I saw a church sign once, and out in front of this church to the whole community as they drove by, it said this, you've got questions in life, we've got answers. I'm glad they do, but that isn't how I would say it. I would say to you, here are experiences of Christ that affect and inform me and shape me. But ultimately, the invitation I've heard from Christ and the one I'm giving to you is not about getting firm answers that lock us into place. Rather, to be in a relationship that is dynamic and evolving in what I know today may in fact be reshaped by the power of the Holy Spirit and my walk with Christ in days to come. What matters most is not the rigid belief and answers that I want to cling to, with the experience and revelation of Christ as he invites you and me to come and see, go along with him in the journey in which we live. Jesus didn't say, sit down and hear these three sermons and take these four classes and the knowledge base you have will shape you forever. No, let's go for the ride. Let's go for the walk. Come and let's eat together. Let's walk together. Let's experience things together as life throws them at us. And in those experiences, Faith is grown and our relationship with Christ is deepened. We all want that in our life, don't we? We want that in all of the changing moments of our life. And as we come together today in this world that has been turned upside down, isn't it true that all the norms for which we used to hang our hat where we could experience faith have been changed for us. We can't say that's the building I worship in because now we have to point to a place in our house. You can't say, hey, let's come see Jesus by hearing uh, the choir sing in the sanctuary because that's just not happening right now. Where we find faith is no longer 
in the normas, normal places where we used to find it. We're having to discover it in new places. And if you've locked your faith into a compartment and into a place, it's going to be difficult to carry it around with you. But if Christ is a relationship you have with a living God, then wherever you are, you have a chance for a new experience of Christ, a new moment to grow. My invitation to you is to recognize in the midst of everything we're all dealing with right now, the invitation for Christ, from Christ to come and see remains even more important and valid to us because we're experiencing Christ in new ways in this moment. I never thought I'd be worshiping with you and leading you in devotional thought by looking at a camera lens. But I also know I never thought that Christ's spirit could flow through this camera lens and touch you in the ways in which you're telling me that it is and the way in which we're experiencing that with each other, even when we're not together in the same building. It's an amazing thing. And we're able to experience that because we are just going where Christ leads us in the middle of a world that is changing and disrupted. Christ's invitation remains the same. Now, I get the fact that sometimes we get complacent with our faith. And maybe this disruption is allowing us to take a deeper look. Sometimes we can be that close to faith, but become so bored with it, become so used to where we've placed it on the shelf, we just think we can go back to that. But when the shelf is taken from us, what do we do? Where do we find it? A few years ago, I was up at the Lake Huron Retreat Center. Some of you have been there before. It's on the Lake Huron shore, 12 miles north of Port Huron. And right there on the lake, it's an amazing place to watch the sunrise, another sunrise story. And one morning before the events of the day got started, I did go out and I'm standing on the beach watching the sunrise and it was gorgeous. And the light was casting across the sky and, and shining across the water. And I was so enraptured by it. And I thought if I lived here every morning, I would get up and see this sunrise. And I looked down the beach and you can see a long ways down the beach when you're there at a lot of homes. And you know what? I was the only one outside looking at the sunrise. And I thought, people live on this body of water and get this sunrise every morning and they're in their homes. Maybe they were watching out the window, but my guess is they were sleeping in. My guess is they were getting ready for school, getting ready to go to work. They were involved in many things and they were no longer able to appreciate the amazing thing that was going out among, around them on the outside coming across the lake. Sometimes we can be that way with what God is doing in our life. We, we've compartmentalized it. We've seen it, done it, and put it aside. And when the world gets disrupted, we realize we need to have that dynamic relationship with Christ. So I'm going to invite you in the name of Jesus Christ, come and see. Come and see what God is doing in your life and in our life corporately. I keep seeing Christ alive right now in this church. Uh, sometimes they look like small things. For example, I know this past week, uh, a delivery came from our church. People, I told you about some of this last week, are making these homemade masks, but they're making a number of them and they're being distributed. And we had a whole bunch of them be taken down to Pontiac this last week and practicing proper social distancing. They were delivered to the Hope Warming Center, a ministry that we partner with and ministry to the homeless in that community. And they're sharing them with the Baldwin Center just across the street for the children and families that they serve. It's a simple action, but it's a witness. 
that's a saying, we have seen what Christ would want us to do in the midst of these difficult times. And while we may be stuck in our home, we're not stopped from doing the work of Christ. And so there are people handing out masks that others might feel safer in this pandemic. Christ is doing all kinds of things around us and within us. And I hope that as you watch what Christ is doing, you're able to focus on those moments because those are the moments that are going to get us through these days. All of the other things that we normally have depended upon in days past that have fallen away and we'll reclaim one day, right now replace the need for us to be able to just focus on Jesus. Karl Barth, the great theologian of the past century, used to have these words taped in the pulpit that he would get and preach from every Sunday. They were simple words. And every Sunday, regardless of the season, regardless of the Sunday, regardless of what the message was, this was his reminder before he began to speak that they might see Jesus. That was his primary goal, and it is ours, that you would come and see and see Jesus and experience Christ in a personal and intimate way. In the Gospel of John, we see Jesus who comes into the world and he refuses to put into the, be put into the boxes that people want to put him into. All who would come to him and keep trying to say, but you have to do it this way because the tradition says, or we have expectations that you're going to do it this way. Jesus said, I'm not going to fit into your boxes. I'm going to instead invite you to come in relationship with me. Come and see what I'm going to do. Quit trying to assume you already know. Just walk with me and there you will find faith. I pray that this week you will continue to keep your heart and mind open and hear the invitation of Jesus Christ. Just come and see. In the midst of what may seem like boring, long days, see what Christ is doing. See where you can serve in ways that are creative and maybe small to you, but massive to someone else. Be a part of the witness as those disciples were at the end of John who were willing to say, you know, we don't understand it all. Some of us are even pretty new at this, but we're pretty clear this guy is worth following. So follow. Go and see what Christ is going to do next. And may we all be in the place where when Christ acts, we can witness it, receive it, and then say to others, hey, why don't you come and see with us? To God be the glory. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.